I said to Pastor a minute ago, I said, there is so many miracles in this room right now. Somebody's going to find out later today you got a miracle sitting in this house today. There is miracles happening. I said that in a service recently, and I said, you know, some of y'all going to check your bank account and be shocked that your seed that you sowed has already multiplied. I got a text the next day from the leader of that church, and he said, I just have to tell you that one of our single mothers that was struggling gave $1,000 in that offering, and before she could check her bank account Monday, 20000 was already in her bank account. You say, that don't happen. It won't for you. But it does happen for believers. The wealth of God's kingdom is being loosed right now. It's his. Somebody else may have it, but it's God's kingdom. There is a move of God. I was telling the, the, at the table last night, and I, I almost embarrassed our family last night because there's only so much glory that I can stand without acting up. And I'm telling you, I almost acted up. Matter of fact, Steph looked over at me like, you're about to get it. But we were talking and sharing testimonies about what God's doing. Folks, he is moving right now. This will be the greatest year of your life. I didn't stutter. I said, you that hear God, you that move with God, this will be your greatest year of your life. I can't wait to pour oil on you tonight. Let me tell you something. The anointing oil commissioned and commanded by God has great power. The Lord gave me a thought, a word from heaven. I walked in my wife's office. I was in my office just praying, looking out the window. And God said these words to me. We have history with God. I said, Lord, what? He said, there is no believer that doesn't have history with God. And he said, you're headed into a house that they need to understand the God of yesterday is about to be greater in their tomorrows. There is a rumbling in the Holy Ghost. 
We have history with God. 1 Samuel 17 is a scripture setting that most of y'all have even went to Sunday school. You know about this setting of scripture. The Bible said that David, under the command of his father, Jesse, went down to check on his brothers who were in battlefield. And he sent him with some crackers and cheese to bless the brothers. But when David arrived on the battlefield, he heard something that stirred up his blood. Goliath stood up, nine foot tall, made fun of God and his people. Now let me tell you something, church. God doesn't wink at the system of the Antichrist making fun of God's people. We have heard enough news to know God's about to testify. So David, when he arrived there, there's this nine-foot giant. David never called him a giant. He called him an uncircumcised man, out of covenant with God man. And he said, why are y'all setting and not taking him out? And the Bible said that even his brothers said to him, go back and take care of the sheep, get out of here. Who are you to try to talk to us? And let me just say this to you. When you have a calling and you have a God purpose, there will be people who will try to come against you who will try to intimidate you. But God's raising up unknowns who are about to shake the gates of hell and bring a move of God into your house, into your job, into your city, into your county, into the geographical area. An unknown. David was an unknown to most people, not to God. So they said to King Saul, there's a youngster out here, and I want to say a compliment to you. This is a multi-generational, multi-cultural church you're sitting in. I said to pastor this morning, I said, there's all types and, uh, and giftings and ages on that platform that God right now is smiling and saying, this is the picture of what heaven is going to look like. Sometimes God chooses silver hair. Sometimes he chooses no hair. I was looking for it. And some, sometimes he chooses youngsters with lots of hair. But God is raising up a force like you have never seen. In your days, your eyes have not seen. 
Your ears have not heard all that God's about to do. And so King Saul got word, and I won't belabor that point. He called for David, and he said, okay, David, here's my armor. Put it on. David put it on and said, that don't fit. See, some of us learned along the way, if it don't fit, get rid of it. And so David peeled that armor off, handed it back to King Saul, and then he said in verse 40, I'm going to take my staff, I'm going to take my shepherd's bag, I'm going to take my things that I know, and I'll take the giant out. The Bible said he took his slingshot, picked up five stones, and then he said something that all of us need to understand. He spoke to the giant and said, I have covenant with God, and today, oh, and today, I'm going to feed your carcass. I'm going to give your carcass to the birds and all the rest of the Philistines that come out on the battlefield are going to be fed to the birds. Somebody is about to see the greatest victory that you have ever seen in all of you. Come on, somebody. You're about to see the greatest victory. He said to Saul, Saul, I have history with God. There was a lion came out, tried to take out my sheep, but I took care of it. There was a bear came out, but I took care of it. So don't worry, Saul. I'm about to take this person out. Some of us have got to realize we have history with God. When God began to burn that in my heart, he said, understand, you have history with me. These people have history with me. I didn't just do it in the past. I'm about to do it bigger in the future. You better get a hold of it today. God's about to raise you up and promote you to another level that you won't even understand, and it'll happen suddenly. There's a suddenly about to happen in your life. There's a suddenly about to take place in your life. God's going to create it. It didn't take David long to take care. It was a suddenly, and the giant went down. God said, tell you this, your calling and your gifting shall manifest. The second thing, Mark, I thought I was going to have to take your microphone. He started saying, point number two, don't forget. I thought, boy, don't get into my message. It's so important today. God said this to me to remind you, don't forget what God has done. Don't forget what the Lord has done for you. I could take you on a memory walk today that would stagger your imagination of what God has done for me. Let me tell you one story. 
There's something about when you carry the mantle. I was a young person, 19 years old, carrying the mantle of God, called to the ministry. God said to me at 16 years old in a youth camp, you'll take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, that don't seem like a big thing unless you're born and raised in Hollis, Oklahoma. One red light, and it blinks. One horse town that I had been raised in and is 16 years old with no preachers in my background, God said to me at a youth camp in the sawdust, you'll take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I went and told my pastor, he's still my pastor this day. He's 86 years old, my spiritual father. I went to him, and I said, Pastor, I don't have any preachers in my background, but God just called me to preach the gospel. He looked at me with such wisdom, and he said, Son, that's not your place to figure it out. You just say yes. I said, I said yes. He said, then you relax. You go about your business. I got married to my high school sweetheart. We were so excited. We had dated with parents riding in the car for three years. Dated. Sat in church together. And one time I slipped and took her hand, sitting on the back pew. My mother was the worship leader, and she said, hold on, church. Coy, get up here on the front seat. Pam, you stay back there. <laughs> I'm 16 years old. So I got up, walked up on the front seat. She said, I'll deal with you later. Went right back to singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. I thought, oh, my Jesus. And she did. And I'm here today because she did. But I married this young lady. God blessed our ceremony. It was an awesome time together. Three months later, I was being promoted in a, in a store like y'all would know as J.C. Penney's. It was C.R. Anthony's. It was on the west side of the Mississippi. And I had been assistant manager. They had promoted me to manager. So I said, well, in the morning early, Mom, I want you and Pam to ride. We're going to go look in Big Springs, Texas at this opportunity to be promoted. So we got up. Somebody say, I have history with God. We got up early, got in the car about 4 o'clock. I was driving. Pam sat beside me. My mother sat beside her in the front seat, took off to Big Springs, Texas, from the big city of Hollis, Oklahoma. We'd gone about an hour Topped a hill, started down a hill, 
to cross South Peas River, a bridge. A truck was coming down the other hill. I said to my mom and Pam, should I wait or go on to that bridge? They said, I'll go on that bridge. It's plenty wide. Just as I got to the edge of the bridge, the truck driver went to sleep, driving a Grondike gas transportation truck, and he pulled right in at my door. In those days, we didn't wear seat belts, so it pushed me into the floorboard, sent my wife through the windshield, into the riverbed, sent my mother through the windshield, in right into a bridge railing, split her in half. The car went into the riverbed. I came to, to myself in the riverbed. My rib cage here was crushed, a punctured lung cut from the elbow all the way up to the bone. I'm crawling out thinking, where is my wife? Where is my mother? And the Holy Ghost, somebody say, we have history with God. The Holy Ghost said to me, don't crawl towards your mother. Her bulk, it was about daylight, I could see. Don't crawl toward her, she's in heaven. So I went crawling, trying to get to the, to the bridge through the mesquite trees. And as I was crawling, I came across my wife's body. I took her little button and unbuttoned it, put my ear to her heart. There was no heartbeat. God said, she's in heaven. Your mother's in heaven. Going up, stop a car. The truck had went on up to the other hill and had put his flashers on, but he wasn't turning around. So I finally got to the top, and when I got to the top, I flagged the car down and said, go get the Texas Highway Patrol, tell them there's been a wreck out here. And uh, so they said, okay. And about that time, the truck driver came, began to use a lot of adjectives. Later, I found out it had been 40 hours since he had been asleep. But he began to use a lot of adjectives. And I just looked at him and said, Sir, I don't know your problem, but I do know God. And I can tell you right now, God's about to work a miracle. As I stood there, God said to me, The call of God on your life has saved you from destruction not realizing all that that entailed, that soon I would travel the entire world preaching the gospel to, to all sizes of crowds. And when God said to me, setting my office, to share this little simple word with you, he said, remind them I have history with them. And folks, I'm here to testify right now, the same God that saved me, will save you. The same God that redeemed me will redeem you. And the same God that gave me strength to say goodbye to my wife and my mother also will give you the strength to walk through whatever you're going through. But God said to remind you, you have history with God. 
And don't forget, and the Bible said in Psalm 78, they forgot Israel, forgot the miracles of God and limited God. May it never be said of this house of worship of your life that you forget where God brought you from. My God, somebody's got to know God's been good to you. I said God's been good to you, and he's brought you a mighty long ways, and the best of your pathway is about to happen. God said to remind you, don't forget what he's done. Most of y'all have heard mine and D's restoration story, but let me just say this to you. Always live a life of grace and mercy. You don't know what somebody else is going through until you walk in their footsteps. I used to have a sign in my office because I'm an Indian. I'm Cherokee and Choctaw unless you do me wrong or do my friends wrong. Then I'm Apache. So just realize that. So anyway, I had a sign in my office said, until you've walked a mile in the Indian's moxicans, don't judge him. And I want to tell you, I never planned on divorce, but I was served papers in Georgia, pastoring a church where in two years we took in 1,850 members. The income of the church went from 5,500 a week to 55,000 a week, and yet I got served divorce papers on a no-fault divorce. Now, you can say, well, you must not have had faith. You don't know what kind of faith I had. I knew one thing. The God that called me didn't stop at my divorce. Somebody better listen to me. Before you judge somebody, you better walk a mile in their moxicans. I had no idea that God had prepared I, and I never even had lunch with a woman after the divorce. I said, I'll be single till the rapture. Because I'm going to live to be 120, and Jesus is coming for then. And I still am saying that. I said, and I'm still saying that. Five and a half years passed. I had a friend who took a church in West Palm Beach, he called and said, can you come Sunday night and preach for me? Somebody say, I have history with God. Say it again, I have history with God. I had no idea when I was boarding that Delta flight to West Palm from Atlanta, preached that morning, jumped, got on the plane, headed to preach for my friend in West Palm, that a miracle was about to happen to me. I went. The plane was a little late. Thank you, Delta. And we got into the service. 
They were already in praise and worship. My driver took me all the way up to the front, set me by the pastor. And when I was walking through the back, looking at the platform, my eyes focused on a blonde. And I like to have stumbled. I was going. And I got to I got to the front by my pastor friend Fred and I said uh, Fred I didn't say hello I didn't say good to be here with you I said Fred is that blonde right there in front of me is she married He said son I've got you down here to preach a camp meeting message tonight I said, oh, hey, you tell me she ain't married, I'll preach the paint off the walls. And he smiled and said, she ain't married. I said, oh, get ready, get ready, get ready. Dee probably won't tell you this, but I looked her up and I looked her down. I looked her up. And I looked her down. And then I said, Mark, she mine. I leaned back over by Pastor Fred. I said, is she dating anybody that I'm going to have to kill? He said, no, you're safe. I said, hot dog Jesus. I started feeling the unction for preaching. Glory to God. Don't ask me what I preached that night. I have no idea. I was thinking one thing. The God that has brought me this far just connected me. Somebody say, I have a history with God. Come on, some of y'all know God is faithful. I said, some of y'all know God is faithful. So I accidentally bumped into her in the aisle when church was over. And I said, oh, excuse me. I said, by the way, I noticed you up on the platform. I noticed you. She said, yeah, I, I, I saw you. I thought, well, that's good. She saw me. I said, uh, pastor said, you ain't dating nobody. By this time, I'm kind of feeling the Holy Ghost coming on me or something making me bold. And I said, just uh, want to tell you I'm single. She said, well, okay. And so I had to leave the next day, catch flight back to Atlanta, but somehow I got her phone number. And so I said, Lord, I think I need to talk to her. He said, well, I think you got her number. And I can tell you from that moment of that connection, God began restoration. Somebody in here is about to recover all. I said, somebody in here is about to recover all. You look at this, you look at that, 
You look at something else, let me testify, God is going to help you recover all. Somebody better hear me. 1 Samuel 38 said God's going to help you recover all. Does somebody in this house, are you ready to recover all? Remember what God said. Forget not his benefits. Can I tell somebody there's benefits in serving God? One of them sitting right there. It wasn't too many months till I said, meet me in Orlando. I was there serving on an apostolic round table of a bunch of preachers. I said, meet me. I want to eat lunch with you. I want to take you shopping. It always works. I want to take you shopping. And I want to talk to you. And so we had a nice meal. It was almost Valentine's. I gave her a nice card with a lot of honey rolling down through it. Said things from my heart to her and uh, took her shopping. Then we sat down for coffee, and I said, if I was to ask you to marry me, if I was to ask you to marry me, how many weeks would it take for you to plan a wedding? She thought for about 10 seconds, said eight weeks. I said, get your calendar out, count eight weeks. She counted eight weeks, April 17th. I said, circle it. She said, why? I said, you're fixing to marry me. And she said, well, until you put a ring on my finger, I'm not telling nobody. I said, come Monday, this was Friday, come Monday, you will see a ring on your finger. And she said, okay. I said, I got to fly back, uh, serving on this apostolic round table. I don't know what we talked about. I had one thing on my mind, get back to Atlanta, preach Sunday morning, get back to West Palm, go to a jewelry store. Because I have supernatural experience with God doing great things. She still got the ring on her finger to this day because I said, I said, I don't care what it looks like. You pick it out. I'll pay for it because God's been good to me. She picked it out. I paid for it, and God has been good to me. But I will never forget what God did for me when he restored me, changed my life. She became the first lady. She became my co-partner in ministry. And God anointed us to speak life and deliverance to the world. We've seen some of the greatest miracles. 
We've seen miracles recently. I'm talking about miracles of miracles, of what God is doing right now. We will not forget what God's done for us. I'll close with this. It takes me three closings. Don't get excited. First closing. God said, and don't forget the covenant. When David started toward the giant, he spoke covenant. He spoke the covenant of God. And I want to tell every one of you right here, whatever you're facing today, speak covenant to it. Speak the word that will never change, the word that will never fail. David said, you may come to me with a sword and a spear. You may think you're all that in a bag of chips. I got news for you. The God that I serve is about to take you out. Somebody needs to get ready to say to the devil, your time is up. God has a plan for my life, and you will not stop me from the plans of God. He will make a way for you where there is no way. Somebody say, I have history with God. Now listen to me. I'm closing. When God saw little David, 17, red-headed, freckle-faced, bow-legged, willing to take his covenant and face the impossible, he sent a mantle over him that a stone out of a slingshot could take a giant down. When God sees you in this house this day, say, God, I believe your word. I'm standing on your promises, and I know what you'll do. A lady brought me her crippled baby, twisted crippled baby. Said, I saw a sign on a post that said Jesus would be in this house and that he was the miracle worker. And she said, I'm giving you my baby to see what Jesus will do. I looked at that piece of twisted humanity, just a few months old. This is what I said. I said, God, the healer is already working because she walked five miles carrying this baby. She's serious. And when I took that baby, I lifted him it up over my head, and I said to Jesus, do what I can't do, heal this baby. When I said that, the baby jumped in my arms. I took it back down. It was totally, completely whole. All of the limbs straight, the face straight, all of the body healed. God said to me this morning in a little upper room, in the house we're staying in. He said, I'm about to perform the impossible in this house today. I don't know what your needs are.
I don't know what you came into this building with, but God said this is your moment.